up, C2A fans? It's your boy. It's the Belford back at it again tonight for another exciting call live. And tonight with me is my most favorite co-host, the Josh Makuga to my Cody Hall. <laughs> Danny, what's up, Danielle? What's up, everyone? Hello, Belford. I, I looked at the opposite. I said hello to everyone while I was looking at Belford. And then what's up, um, Belford, when you, you heard it. Whatever. Hi, Billy. What's up? Call live. Oh. We're here. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, everyone. Yes, we are here. We are back at it again. Um, we are in full swing now. Um, as Danny and I were talking earlier, uh, our, our mini vacation is now completely over. We're um, done. The, sh the schmodown begins uh, in full, full, you know, speed mode starting this week. So, Danny, are you ready for this ridiculousness to begin? I am. Four matches a week. I can't believe <clears throat> I can't believe how many matches we're getting. Three public matches on YouTube, and then a Patreon match. And um, I'm really excited about that. So this is going to be an exciting season. And it's just going to be so much. It's going to be so much fun to, to cover. We're super excited about that. It's it's going to feel like, like tournament season does every year. But for the whole season. And then we're going to get tournaments. <laughs> so it's like, holy smokes. But yeah, so it is. Um, it's gonna be. We're gonna be like uh, combat journalists because it is war. Um, so you know, as two-time award-winning journalists, that's right. We are two-time award, <laughs> two award-winning uh, <laughs> podcast media, whatever you want to call it. C two A of the year. Um, it's another C two A award. Um, so we got to be. Uh, we got to be ready to go guns blazing. And uh, so tonight, we we definitely have a a jam-packed show for everybody. We are going to be breaking down. All four of those matches that are coming this week, um, we're going to be talking about some of the the announcements that have come out um, in recent recently for this season. Uh, free for all, you know, some of the rulebook stuff, um, you know, all the big schmodown news this week. Um, we're also going to be talking about you know some fun topics. Uh, hopefully, you guys can can contribute in the chat, um, or if you'd like to, you can always um, hit us up. Streamlabs.com slash call to action podcast. Um, that way we will definitely see it. Doesn't get lost in the chat. Um, but yeah, so Danny, are you ready to start breaking down these Let's these, do this. these matches? All right. So here's a little uh little little preview of what we got coming this week. So March 3rd, it's Amaru Moses versus the Jackal, Jesse Swift. What's up, Jesse? We see you in the chat. Thank you for, for being here. Uh, March 4th, we got Marie Wilson. Um, what's that say her name is? I don't even know what her name is. Sean the Saint Sullivan. The marvelous. Yes, the marvelous, marvelous Marie Wilson. Marvelous Marie Wilson. And then on March 5th, we have Lady Justice herself, friend of the show, going up against Vinny, the ice pick, Mancuso. This it's it's a nice blend. I really I really am like the thing that like jumps out at me right away is is that it's a nice blend of of people in the Schmodown because mm -hmm. the first match you have 
two people that we've never seen before in a Shimoda match. Um, you know, uh, they may have yeah. been on fan leagues, I think, with Amaru. Um, mm-hmm. And we've seen Jesse on, on our shows. We've seen him. He was on Shmobates this year or this week. He was robbed. Um, <laughs> 100%. I don't know what the judges were thinking. Um, and then, I wonder who those judges were. Awful people. Um, and then, uh, and then we have in the the other in the middle match we have Marie Wilson, who we've we've not seen at all in the Schmodown, but she is well known in Dragon Con against Sean, who we've seen. He, you know, it's it's so funny to me how like the concept of veterans, like we feel like we've known them for so long, but I mean. Sean came on the scene last season. Like a lot of these people came on the scene last season. They're just now they're veterans. Like, right. What about you, Danny? What what jumps out at you right away just from these matches? I love that we're getting an IG match, a Star Wars match, and then a singles match throughout the throughout the week. Like it's not just going to be all singles or all inner geekdom. We're going to get one of each of the divisions, and I'm super super pumped about that. And like you said, Billy, it definitely is very hyped up matches. Each of them are hyped up matches because you have Amaru Moses, Amaru Moses, who was the second round draft pick. This is like, he's going to have a big weight on his shoulders. Like a lot of people are going to be watching this match because he's got a lot of hype behind him. He's had a lot of hype behind him since day one, since we've all been talking about these rookies, Amaru has had the most hype and he went second round. So a lot of people are going to be watching this match. So, you know, this is really Jesse's match to lose. I feel like Jesse has no pressure on his back. He's just got to come in and show up. He's been showing up and we've seen him uh, move around in all of the spaces in different after shows. He's definitely out there on Twitter and all of that stuff. So he's he's making sure that people know who knows who he is also. So that's, that's pretty exciting with, with, that match you get one of the biggest rookie one of the biggest rookie matches coming in and then um marie wilson um she's a dragon con player a lot of people have talked about dragon con and hyped up these players as well a lot of hype behind these dragon con players marie wilson who has beaten alex damon in dragon con trivia that's another hyped up match and you know it's it's hype around that and Whenever you're talking about veterans, we think about Sean Sullivan. Sean Sullivan, friend of the podcast, d- dear friend, it's very hard for me to to want to root against Sean. I don't want you, even though he's on corruption. And, you know, corruption is, is a faction that wins and, uh, you know, it is what it is. But uh, um, Sean is a part of corruption and we have to accept that. And I love Sean and I'm very excited to see him play. And it's going to be very interesting to see a Dragon Con player uh work in this new Schmodown format. So, and then again with Marisol, Marisol being this uh, trade in the middle of the season, is this, is this worth it? Was it worth it? Yeah. Was it worth it to get Marisol in singles and her and Vinny have a matching record. So it's, and we've seen Vinny play before. So we know that Vinny can play well. And so it's, that's going to be a very interesting match to see them go against each other. And then uh, to see if, if Marisol was worth it in that trade. So this is the, this is a very hyped up and very exciting week in my opinion. And that's a very good second week, big start to how we're going to get these matches now, the format of these matches and, and how they're being dropped. So this is very exciting. I'm super pumped up for this. 
Oh, yeah, 100%. We're not going to be able to, to breathe for the next... Uh, Ooh, I should breathe after that. You just however. let me go on a Danny rant. I'm sorry. We love Danny rants. Hashtag Danny rants are where it's at. Oh, um, yeah, it's really interesting because, like, it's funny how, like, there's this interesting dichotomy in each match because you have, like, Amaru, who came up in the fan leagues, and he now is, like, kind of representing the fan league four. Like, obviously, he's representing his faction, but he's also representing the fan league four and maybe the fan leagues as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you have Jesse who who he he put the pressure on himself. Like he hyped himself up. He, you know, he called out Chandru um uh before when when he was doing his uh his like uh audition and then also when he was doing the rounds for the for uh pre-draft and stuff like that. So he was you know he was ready to kind of put a lot of pressure on himself. So that's an interesting matchup. You have Marie. She's the first Dragon Con player we've seen play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's also the defending Dragon Con champion. So, like, she's representing kind of like the Dragon Con players as she comes into this. And now Sean is kind of representing like the old guard Schmodown players. So there's like some pressure there. Yeah. And then I feel like, honestly, like, I, you say they have the same record. Like, Lady Justice and Benny, like, um, they, they are kind of in the same place. Like, there was a lot of hype when they came in. They did well, and then they also didn't do as well. And so it feels like – it kind of feels like a few years ago when Chase – or Ch- not Chase, Chance went up against Janine at the live event mm-hmm. to start the season. Like, they were kind of in the same place. It's kind of like who won – and, like, Chance had a big, huge win, kind of sparked his whole season – so this is definitely an opportunity to kind of like send a message. This is where I'm at. This is who I am in the Schmodown. I'm going to get my team these points, but also like look out. I'm going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I think they, each one of them have an opportunity to do that in their own divisions. Um, so it's super exciting. I think if you had to pick a winner, let's start with the, with the Amaru and Jesse Swift match. Uh, who do you, who do you got in that match? You know, this is uh, this is no shots fired, no heat to anyone. I'm super sorry, my dude Jesse, but I'm, the only reason why I'm picking Amaru for this one is because that's the only game tape that I've seen. If there's game tape out there on Jesse, I'm super sorry, I have not seen it yet. Uh, but I've seen Amaru, and he's I've seen him do really well. So I'm kind of I'm following the hype right here, and I'm just on this hype train for that one. What about you, Billy? I, I honestly, you know, I've talked to Jesse a lot more. I haven't got a, even got a chance to really talk to Amaru at all. Um, and I really like, I really like Je- what everything that I've talked to Jesse about. I really like Jesse. I honestly think, I think Jesse, I think there's way more pressure on Amaru than there is on Jesse. I think Jesse's coming in feeling loose, feeling good, feeling ready. And, um, and I think Amaru, there's, there's the pressure of being the number two pick. You know, you got to set the tone for your team. You're representing the fan leagues. We've seen family players that came in with a lot of hype. Some of them performed amazingly well, and some of them kind of fizzled out, and, and we never heard from them again. So I'm going to lean towards Jesse in this one, I think. I think I'm going to go with Jesse. Also, he's my boy, you know. And he got robbed. He got robbed on Shmoke. <laughs> now it's like lit the fire under him. He's not going to let it happen two times in a row. Yep. He's yep. coming in hot. Like <laughs> he is it. an enigma. Jesse Swift in the chat says no game tape. I am an enigma. Which for all no, you IT fans thing. out there, yeah. that's the name of the Riddler. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Give him but. the belt, folks. Give him the belt. 
That's right. I got some space on my wall right here with the green mask with my IG belt. Yeah, right. I love it. I love it. But let's move on to the second match of the week. Marie Wilson, the marvelous Marie Wilson versus Sean the Saint Sullivan. Danny, I'm going to make you pick who you got. This, yeah, again, this is um, anyone anyone that watches this knows me and knows that I always I always choose with my heart here, buddy. That's what I do. Um, I understand the logistics of the game, and I understand that there are a lot of things that you can look at, different optics that you can look at to make your decision. But I will never. I will never bet against my friends. I just can't. And I just can't bet against Sean Sullivan. So I'm rooting for Sean. I really hope that Sean pulls it through. Um, I believe that he's got, you know, he's got a good faction behind him to help him through. And, you know, we've seen Laura Kelly kind of dipping her toe into some corruption stuff. So you never know. Laura Kelly's helping out Sean Sullivan behind the scenes. So I, I got to go with Sean just because that's, I'm super sorry to Marie. I'm super sorry. Here's the thing, all right, we've not seen Marie Wilson. She could be marvelous. She could be the, the Dragon Con champion. This ain't Dragon Con. This is the Schmodown, all right? There was another Dragon Con champion who came into the Schmodown. He didn't win his first match. No, he lost to Sam Whitworth. His name's Alex Damon, all right? So if Alex Damon can lose his first match, then I know anybody else can lose their first match. <laughs> I'll never bet against my boy Sean the Saint Sullivan. We're his favorite uh, after after show. <laughs> yes. Sorry, POV. We're his favorite after show. Sorry, POV. Billy Bell from Sorry, POV. Completely unbiased <laughs> opinion. Favorite after show is called action. That's right, hundred percent. Oh. I'm definitely picking my boy Sean Sullivan for that one. Yeah. And the third match of the of the week before we get into the the, the Patreon match, we have Lady Justice herself Marisol McKee versus Vinny, the Ice Pick Mancuso. Danny, I'm going to go first on this one. I think I'll go. Okay, first. I'll let you go first. Okay, Billy, I'll, I will definitely give you the So, honor. this is definitely the one that's the most the most interesting one to me. I think it's I think this one is going to be Man, I just again, it's like all the pressures on Marisol because of the trade, because of you got to show your worth to picks, even though it's not really two picks. People keep saying that it's only one pick, and it's not even really one pick. I think being back home at Corruption, you know, working with the people, you know, there's nothing but winners at Corruption. You know, all they do is win. All they do is win, 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 no matter what. We saw what Lork came out and did to start the season. Marisol, <laughs> you kidding me? Ice pick. Sorry, buddy. I'm sure you got some like great answers, and if you, but again, it's going to come down to like wheel spins and things like that. But I got Marisol. Yeah, um, I also am going with Marisol with Marisol. It's um, it's a no brainer for me. I I again, not and that's not just necessarily because she's a good friend of the podcast. A uh, good friend, um, but definitely, I think that she is working with a faction that uh, is helpful. I think her being with Adam Collins, working with Adam Collins as a team, she's got a lot of good knowledge behind her, and then she's got Mike Kalinowski and Chance there to help her with any inner geekdom knowledge. And that's not knocking anything that's 
that's on swag. I'm, you know, it's exciting to see Vinny Mancuso on swag because it's exciting. I like Winston Marshall as a manager. And y'all know me. Y'all know me. I am a swag girl. Drip, drip, y'all. You knew it was coming at some point, no matter what. Uh, but I, as much as it pains me to go against anyone with swag, I do have to go with Marisol for this match uh, just because I believe that she is trying to prove that she was worth whatever pick that it was and prove it for corruption. That's that's one thing that you can definitely say about every member of corruption is they are playing for their faction. They are definitely playing for themselves because they are great players and because they're great players, they know that they can play well enough to play for their faction. And I think that that is definitely something to be afraid of. And that's why Sean Sullivan shouldn't be underestimated either. But I am definitely going with Marisol for this one. And, um, but I don't think it's going to be an easy match. I think it's going to go back and forth. I really do think it's going to go back and forth and it's going to be a nail biter of a match. And that's why I'm super excited about this. This is a great match to get. So I'm pumped. Yeah. hundred percent. Honestly, I feel like it's already started, and I feel like this is going to be 2021 is the year of the ladies in Schmodown. This is going to be a huge year for ladies. I think ladies will hold – ladies might hold all the belts by the end of the season. Oh, I hope so. I mean, Mara's already got the IG belt. <laughs> Laura has – I mean, she just went perfect. So mm -hmm. she has a definite shot. Also, oh, yeah. I think the other thing that people don't realize is that in the – the new championship format benefits. Um, I think it benefits Laura because she got she got smashed in the speed round by uh, by Alex Damon. You can't smash anybody in this in this speed round anymore. I like this. You got players like Lady Justice. Her and Adam Collins are immediately they're immediately a threat for the for the team's titles. You got players like Lynch, Liz Shannon Miller. They could win the singles title. I mean, this is the year of the ladies, everybody. Um, you know, you got Stacey Howard who can. Knock off champions at any you know former champions at any minute. So yeah. I'm ex I'm excited. I like it. Big spicy words from Belford. I like hey. it. I love my ladies. You know that's how it works. <laughs> but well, let's let's uh, so let's get into this the final match of the week the uh, the Patreon match. This is going to be available to uh, ten dollar subscribers. Um, patreon.com slash Um. Yeah, we have a grudge match. A little bit of a grudge match, I guess. You know, it's a it's a it's a little bit of a, a knockdown drag out fight. You know, we got this little one here, the singles number one contender match. The insider in Snyder, Jeff Snyder versus Dangerous Dan Merle. This one feels big fight. This feels huge. I mean, the Schmodown is just coming in hot. To start the season with just match after match after match that is just like feels like it could be the the number one match at a live event. And this one definitely feels like that. What um, are you thinking, Danny? hundred percent. This match can easily be a sold out live event on its own. Just just from that card by itself. Uh, Jeff Snyder versus Dan Merle. We've heard Jeff Snyder say it for ever that he won't call Dan Merle the goat unless Dan Merle beats him. So this is a goat match right here. I think I think after this, if Jeff Snyder beats Dan Merle, Jeff Snyder will absolutely go around letting everyone know that he is the goat. And then I think if if Jeff Snyder loses to Dan Merle, he will easily be able to say Dan Merle is the goat. 
And and then the GOAT debate will officially be settled after this match. So I'm very much looking forward to this. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where, I mean, Merle is still right now is the GOAT because Merle's won singles and teams. Um, the only one right now that really is close to Merle is Roka because Roka's won singles and teams and he's won teams with multiple people. Um, and then you got people like Rachel Cushing who won teams ig had a singles title shot i'm always i'm always with like my my kalinowski i think has said it like you can't be the goat unless you played in like every division or at least more than you know at least three divisions so and i, I don't consider, like playing in singles and teams really isn't playing in more than one division it's the same question pool just in different a different format it's it's you know sometimes it's hard don't jinx it. Uh, matt matt Limpicky, Says, don't jinx it for the ladies, Billy. I'm trying not to jinx it. All right, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that he's uh, will it into existence. The ladies. Yeah, he's willing it into existence. <laughs> so right now, really, neither one of them can hundred like by that criteria. Neither one of them could necessarily be the goat. Like, I mean, you got people like Alex Damon who's played in IG and Star Wars. You got Rachel Cushing who's played in singles teams in IG. She's won the, the she's won the IG title. She's won the the teams title. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's hard to say which is harder to win, the singles or teams title. Like it feels like the singles title is super hard to win. Right. But teams title like it requires not only can you be you can't carry yourself to a title. Like right. you have to have a, a partner who works well with you, who you know and who you work well with to win a teams title. Um so winning that those are kind of like, but those are the goats. And tonight, I love Snyder though saying that he'll never call Merle the goat until he wins. Because yeah, Merle won the team's title, but he didn't beat Snyder for it. And uh, <laughs> and Snyder beat the team that knocked off Merle. So it's kind of like that's where I feel like that's always how how like Snyder's like head works and like he's yeah. like this math of like yeah, uh, Dan never beat me, and I beat this person who beat that person who beat Dan. So. Clearly, I'm the best. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you on that one, 100. percent Yeah, and also this is like this is a big opportunity for these teams as well because you know if if the dungeon wins, that's like they already have the the big win from from Mara. Now you're just building on top of that. You're gonna be you're just looking at like 11 points in the first two weeks, like. That's that's pretty impressive. That's pretty good. Um, yep. Rockstars, this is their first match, I think. So it's try to try to get off the snide. You don't want to, you don't want to fall too far behind this early on. Like you can't win it in the first few weeks, but you can lose it in the first few weeks. You know, there were some teams last year that were that fell behind early and struggled to get back into it. So I definitely think that it, it has a lot of implications for the standings as a whole. Um, yeah, I do too. I think also with the way, you know, last year was a lot of growing pains in a lot of ways. Um, a lot of unexpected things had to happen last year. So losing matches and losing the momentum of matches um, 
for 2020 was kind of rough. And I think that's what's what 2021 is going to change a lot with the number of matches that we have coming out. I think it's going to give these teams or, or these factions a better opportunity to earn more points. It's also going to give a lot more players more opportunities to be seen, even though now that we've gotten used to this digital format a, a little bit better and, and know how to kind of maneuver it and handle it. And now that we have access to players from all over the place, it's going to be great to be able to have this visibility for people and and have that opportunity for factions to get those points get more points in the season than we did last year and especially with like we'll i know that we're going to talk about some of the some of the point changes and and stuff like that in just a bit but so i'll wait and i'll wait to talk about that until we get to that part. yeah and specifically to this match you know you got dan who he had a weird year last year because he won the title, he carried the title, you know, through the whole season. Um, he he they won the team's title. They carried those for quite a while. Um, but but you know, anytime your your season ends where you don't want to be, it doesn't feel as good as it as it as it should, you know. Because Dan loses the belt, that's spectacular. Um, him and Roca break up. Um, he's now with a new faction. I think he's in a better place maybe for Dan. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he's there's a lot of, like, moving parts. Jeff Snyder's back with the Rockstars. You know, he's back home where, honestly, he belongs. He's with Roxy. They We know they're, di- di- you know, dynamic. They work extremely well together. Roxy gets the best out of Jeff Snyder. Remember, Roxy has now managed Jeff Snyder to a singles title shot, which he <laughs> lost to Paul Oyama. But probably should have beat Paul Oyama. Um, Lots of debate on that one. Such a such a weird match that one was. But but she got him to a title shot. She's now managed him to two teams titles, and has managed him now to another singles number one contender. And he was the finalist in the singles tournament last year, which was further than he'd ever gone before. So clearly, Roxy and Jeff Snyder is like, you know. Lamb and tuna fish, you know. Yeah, and I think that's that's the important thing to note about Jeff Snyder and Dan Merle as players. I think Dan Merle is the type of player that needed to go to a different manager to kind of figure out where he can thrive and who and who he can thrive with. It's not it's not that Tom Dagnino isn't a bad manager. It's just Dan Merle is still needing to find someone that will support him in a way that that Gucci obviously didn't in the last season. And Jeff Snyder is someone who definitely needs that that support and comfort that he's known and that he's used to and Roxy knows how to do that for him because they know each other so well they've worked together for so long and Roxy is that type of manager that is very nurturing to her players and you know Jeff Snyder Jeff Snyder is a big tough guy and 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 Roxy knows how to handle that and I think that that's, that's really important. That's why they're both at their best game, I think, at this point in time. And that's why this match is going to be so much fun to watch. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah. Ross Bristow in the chat asks, do you see anyone holding all the belts at once? Do you mean faction or person? Faction, maybe. Person, never. Yeah. Um. I'm trying. I can't think of it. I'm trying to think of anything right now. I do feel like that's something that I would like to see. I don't think that it's not p- 
possible. I don't want to say that it's not impossible, but I do know that working to go from the singles division to the inner geekdom division feels like it could be such a heavy sort of mind switch in types of studying and types of uh, gameplay. I think that going for it, going for the belt in the same season, especially now with the amount of gameplay that's going to have to happen, then um, I just feel like it's a little bit more, it's a little bit harder than what it could have been before, but I don't want to put it out. I don't want to say no, no forever. I hope so. Cause I think that would be fun. <laughs> the See, I think the, the person who probably has the best chance to do it is Dan because we know Dan can win the singles title. Um, we know with the right partner, he could win the team's title. He's done both of those. Um, he wants to play an IG. He's an IG kind of guy. Um, and Mara's there to coach him for that type of difference. Right. If, there's, if there's any sort of difference of gameplay, Mara's there to help. And the thing is, is we know that Dan, the thing the thing about winning the Schmodown, and that's what I always say, I say this all the time, and it's, I'm going to die on this hill. The Schmodown is not about just what you know. It's what you can recall. We know Dan can recall what he knows, and that's the biggest key. I would so I would say honestly, probably the two biggest threats would be is it's probably Dan. I mean, it's really just Dan. Dan's probably the only one. Maybe Bateman. Maybe Bateman because Bateman is just a freak who likes to study and like likes to do that sort of thing. He only needs 60 days, and then he can definitely get into the Star Wars division and make sure that he can get the belt in there. So there's also that option for an extra belt on his shoulder. Uh, Ferris Muthana, my boy in the chat. Ferris killing it this week, all on you know, running that LGR uh, with when his, some of his compatriots were un, were unable to be on the show. We love crushed Ferris. it on you know with some short notice guests, looking doing awesome stuff as always. Cushing had a shot. I mean, I will say Cushing. I 100%. I agree. I think so. I definitely absolutely agree with that. I think she did. Especially at the time when Cushing had her shot. That was a time when, like, you, you could have done it. Because she had her shot against, um, I think it was Sam was her singles title shot. Um, which was a difficult match. But, she you know, she was competitive. It's not like she got blown out. Right. Um, she was winning. She had shots to win the, the team's title, and she won it with the Shire Wolves. She won the IG title. So the only one she didn't really come close to winning because was Star Wars because she never competed in it. And I'm I'm sorry to to anybody who who um this is not to this is not a, to to knock the Star Wars division in any way, shape, or form. It is easier to go from a non-Star Wars competitor to a to a Star Wars competitor than anything else because there are only X number of movies. And if you have nothing else to do, and I've said, I, this is where I agree with that fool Ben Bateman, who says a lot of dumb things, but <laughs> 60 days, if you had <laughs> 60 days to do nothing else, where all you did was wake up and watch Star Wars, mo- the Star Wars movies and study the Star Wars movies. And you were a trivia person. Anyway, that's the other thing is your brain doesn't have to click off the recall and things like that, you could compete in the Star Wars division and at a high level. You're not gonna be you're not gonna win Dragon Con in 60 days. That's crazy. But to compete 
in the schmodown in 60 days, like, especially if you're already, we're not taking somebody off the street and making them into a Star Wars competitor in 60 days. We're taking a schmodown, schmodown competitor who is used to doing, answering questions in the schmodown. Like, they could compete in the Star Wars division if they completely devoted themselves to nothing else but Star Wars. The uh, the competitor that I have in mind whenever you're saying that is someone like John Roca. John Roca, who is way more into Star Wars than Ben Bateman is. It, at least that's what I can gather from anything that I know about them. I feel like John Roca knows way more right now, like right now at this point in time. John Roca knows way more than Ben Bateman in Star Wars. If John Roca was trying to go into the Star Wars division, I think he, I kind of agree with you, Billy. I think if he really buckled down and studied because of the knowledge that he already has and because he knows how the division is played and the level of the division that it's at, he knows what it would take for him to study for that division. Exactly. Do you agree that I do think that someone from another division can go into the Star Wars division? Uh, do I think that they're going to knock out players like Alex Damon and Laura Kelly? No, I do not. But I absolutely do agree that it, it does seem a little bit easier. It does seem like it would be easier, especially for players who love Star Wars, who have already been fans of the franchise and know a That's lot That's the of thing, people. yeah. Yeah, so definitely, I do a hundred percent. If if you're if you're in the Schmodown competing, especially at a high level in the Schmodown, you yeah. love movies. Yeah, and if you love movies, and chances are and you know how to play the game. Yeah, exactly. That you don't have to learn that aspect, and you you love movies. You probably love Star Wars already. I'm guarantee you, Dan, like Dan Merle and any any Schmodown. Ours um, talked about Star Wars. What's that? Mara's talked about going into Star Wars. It's announced she's a Star Wars competitor this season. So, I mean, there you go. Anybody who loves the Schmodown or who competes in the Schmodown, they probably know more about Star Wars than your average person already. So the base is more than likely going to be there. Like, they could answer the one-point question. Well, they could they could get a lot of the one-point questions correct, probably. The, the first yeah. round of questions. It's when yeah. you get into round two and round three that it starts getting difficult. And then when it gets into round five, any five round match is always tough just because it's a, it's a war of attrition. But I mean, it, I, I, the, it's just because of the, the amount of knowledge that you have to know is, is it's weird. It's a weird thing because the amount of knowledge that you have to know is less, but the type of knowledge that you have to know is so much more in depth. Cause I mean, like for star Wars division, like if you're not, if you don't own the scripts, like every movie, you're not studying correctly because yeah, you, should you, be, you should be studying the scripts. So to see what's in the script to say like what the set design kind of stuff is, so you know everything there is to know. Because there's something that gets look, asked that doesn't show up. The, yeah, the the um the visual directories and the visual encyclopedias and stuff like that. The, yeah. you have to just study. Everyone knows that you have to use those to study. So I'm super sorry to do this to you, Billy. I am super sorry to do this to you, Billy, but I am going to scamper off really quickly to the rest of the show return. No worries. No worries. It's now the Belford show. It's Belford live. You're here watching me Belford live. Um, But as I was saying with the star Wars, with the star Wars division, we're going full screen guys. We're going full screen for this. All right. If you if you don't own those like visual directories, because there are things that literally are like a frame on screen. It's not like <laughs> that you have to know. And that's where that's the difficulty of the Star Wars division. That's the kind of thing that you have to prepare yourself for. But again, if you are a Schmodown competitor, 
you probably love Star Wars. You probably, um, you know, you could you could study. Maybe not sixty days, but an 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 adequate amount of time. You could you could become a competitive Star Wars player, and maybe even you could you know attack. Uh, I'm just gonna do some shout outs right now. Uh, yeah, Jake Yacoveta in the in the chat says that's not Jake Yacoveta. Where'd you go, Jake Yacoveta? There we go. Jake Yacoveta says this is way too much solo belly. All right, we'll go back to the side by side. That's not the side by side I want. There we go. Um, there's never too much. Um, shout outs to Weston Ira. We always see you in here. Star Drew, love seeing you as always. Uh, PLD can go somewhere. Yes, I am to eleven at all times, but especially today. Uh, John Lestrina is, is in the chat. John Lestrina, yeah, we were talking Star Wars, and then Danny had to, had to go off screen for for a moment. Shout out to Ross Bristow, Danny Cost, uh, Alan Smithy, the director. Salute to you, sir. Matt Lim, Limpicky, am I saying that right? If I if I'm not saying your name right, guys, uh, uh, it's not that I don't care. Uh, you know, just let me know. Ferris Muthana. Uh, Danny Cost like loss, Nat Vu, my boy, it's for the boys. Uh, and everyone else, Ben Rayner, thanks for joining us as always. Uh, if I missed anybody, Brian Nussbaum, I love you, brother. Um, I think that's it. Leo Logan, shout outs, shout outs to as many Peggy Gubbins in the chat, loving it, loving it. Um, uh, but yeah, all right, so getting back to it, all right, so Danny. Hi, hello. Now is the time for the question. Okay. Who wins between Jeff Snyder and Dangerous Dan Merle? Um, I I have to go with Dan on this one. I'm just gonna um stay on that on that hype wagon right there. Also, I have to stay with Dan. I think Dan is definitely on the route back to the belt. I think it would be very exciting to see Collins Merle part two. That would be a lot of fun. So um, I'm rooting for Dan for this one. Sorry. But I think it would be a very story. I think it would be a lot of fun and very interesting if Jeff does win and does get that shot at that. This is like this is a tough one. This is like because you got the dungeon uh, with with Dan Merle. Still, still weird to say that. Um, I know, yeah, but I love it. And we love the dungeon. We stand yeah. the dungeon. Sometimes I, we're a dungeon podcast. Yes, I ordered my hoodies. I ordered two hoodies. One of them is a dungeon hoodie, and I'll let you all guess what the uh, what the other hoodie is that I ordered from Skybound. You just take one random guess if you can figure out what the other hoodie that I got. Was. <laughs> is it does it drip a lot? <laughs> <laughs> um, but we also love the rock stars. Roxy is was yes. famously the manager of our podcast uh, in a in a knockdown dragout fight. That we easily won and, and yeah. cast people to the oblivion. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I just love Jeff Snyder so much. Like Jeff Snyder is like my boy. Like I I think he's hilarious. Um, we're gonna talk later uh, in a little bit about like funniest moments in the Schmodown. And like Jeff Snyder has some of like the funniest moments. I love the way he acts. I love the way he carries himself. I love the cockiness. I love the like the belief in himself. Um, I also love like the the like 
when he doesn't believe in himself and Roxy has to like pick himself off up off the you know off the ground like um so it's like 100% I think Dan's going to win but I really really want I really really want um Jeff to win yeah. Man. I think it, it would be a better I kind of hope that this is like the one of like the storylines of the season is like Jeff versus Dan. I hope they play each other in, in teams. Like that would be really be interesting. And I mm-hmm. honestly think I think that, that Dan, like let's say it's Dan and Ben. I don't think they're favored in that match because Mark Andreco owns Ben Bateman's lunchbox. And uh and Jeff Snyder's not afraid of anybody, so like. You, damn big words from Belford right there. That's interesting. I love. Hey, it. look at the standings. <laughs> um, look at the standings. Is what he said. I do want to point out this from Brittany Parker. What's up, girl? Dang right. Roxy is manager of the year in our hearts too. That is absolutely right. To the rock stars out uh, there, we love a big Roxy Stryer. We are big Roxy. We Stryer. stand Roxy Stryer more maybe than anybody else. Yeah, like okay. that is, did I use that right? Is that how the kids say I it? Think you did. I think you did a great job at the <laughs> standing. <laughs> oh, D- Dean Morgan, I will never get tired of shirtless <laughs> Jeff. Shirtless Jeff can be. Oh, that's, yes. To get back onto that subject, Dean Morgan is right. Uh, uh, I'm never tired of shirtless Jeff either. I, I do think it would be a better story for Jeff Snyder to win. It would be so much fun to get that. I think Jeff has worked very hard and I'm not counting Jeff out at all. I do. I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff won. I think that that would be so much fucking fun. And I would absolutely 100% cheer my ass off. If, if Jeff Snyder wins this match, it's, I'm not, I don't want Jeff Snyder to lose. I think, I think he's worked very hard for this. He has been a player that I have always believed in throughout, like with what Billy was saying also in the earlier years when Jeff Snyder was kind of moving away from the Patriots and kind of working his way as, as a singles player. In my opinion, Jeff Snyder was always the one who carried the Patriots. I know I've watched matches now and JTE was definitely a really great player also inside of the league. But whenever I was watching at the time, in my opinion, it was Jeff Snyder that was carrying that. And I always believed in Jeff Snyder. I always have check the tapes, go check the tapes. It's always, I've always been a Jeff Snyder fan. Go and- <laughs> hashtag check, uh, so check the tapes. Hashtag check the tapes. So I definitely do believe that Jeff Snyder can pull off a win. And I think it would be a much better and interesting story if he does win. Um, but again, I think uh, Dan is trying to get that belt back. And I think a hungry Dan is a dangerous Dan. Um, well done. Well played. The dangerous Dan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was, yes. Here's the thing, like of the like OG players who have been here the longest and have never left, never taken time off. Jeff is the one that's not, he's never won the singles belt. And as good as he's been in teams, I mean, he's won, Team's belt with two different teams. He's on his third reign. He's still the longest defending champion in teams. Like, he is the team's goat, you know, of nobody comes close. And it's the same question pool. So is it like, you know, it's funny you're talking about him and JTE. When Him and JTE kind of have, like, a similar relationship or not relationship, but the perception of them 
is kind of similar to like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, and again, Boston guy, so it works extremely well. Like they were they were a pairing, and then people kind of like had a, this perception that one of them was better than the other, that it was that like Affleck was going to be the star and Damon was not, and then Affleck fell off, and people were like, oh well, Damon must be the star, and Affleck's not the star. And then Affleck started winning like Oscars for directing and making all these amazing movies. And people were like, we don't know which one's the star. And I feel like that's kind of like how it is with Snyder and, and JTE. People thought, oh, well, Snyder's just carrying JTE. But then JTE was like going to like singles tournament finals and like knocking yeah. off big names in the showdown. So people were like, oh, no, it's JTE. Yeah, but then now Snyder's winning more titles again. So it's like, it yeah. is a lot of Boston, Weston Iro in the chat. Yes. Yes, that's a lot of Boston, but we're talking Jeff Snyder, so it's appropriate. I, um, I always try to do a Boston accent. I can't do a Boston accent. Um, that's a lot of Boston in here. I can't. You, I can't. you just got to say Park the Car and Harvard Yard. Like, Park the you, Car and Harvard Yard. That's the best Boston accent you've ever done for sure, 100%. <laughs> I got him. I got him. Sign me up, folks. Oh, but yeah. So I, I think we both have Dan Snyder. Or Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder's yeah, gonna win. That's how, Dan we, that's how we, winning. we hedge our bets. Yep. We got Dan Snyder winning, or we got Jeff Merle winning. One or the other. Um, yes, it's gonna be Jeff Merle or Dan Snyder. I absolutely agree with you. I think Dan Snyder is gonna be the one that takes us. 100%. So. Um, somebody, I think it was Dean Morgan, was in the chat, and he asked, or he said, um. Uh, I don't know how much Jeff will will study the new categories. Let me tell you right now, he's not going to study the new categories at all. That's not Jeff Snyder. Jeff Snyder's never studied any of the new categories anytime they have added categories to the to the wheel. And that's why Jeff Snyder is capable of beating anyone in the Schmodown with it because he has so much knowledge about movies because he's worked in the movie business for so long. If he catches the right categories, the right wheel slices, the right whatever. But he's also capable of getting blown out by people if he doesn't spin the right wheel wheel slices. You know, Bibiani famously beat him into submission when he got classics or whatever. So it's interesting. Jeff, yeah. let's slip. He does study now yeah. on Shell. Yeah, okay. I mean, we'll true. we'll believe it when we we'll see it. I can. I can. Uh, it I can test to that. That is fact. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? I had a point and I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. I got distracted. Now I don't. I got distracted by uh, Paul's comment in the chat. Sorry. And um, now I forgot what I was saying. But uh, okay. Keep going, Billy. Sorry. So I think the other thing, though, uh, speaking of categories, um, the one thing that, that so Dan has now been a teammate with Ben Bateman for over a year. Um, and now they are still faction mates working together. So, you know, they're, and they, of course they're studying together. They're doing things together. They, they talk strategy. They do things together. It's not and, confirmed that they're teammates though. Right. I mean, it's like, I mean, 70, we can 30, all, what else yeah, is it going to be? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a great idea for a team. Absolutely. It's a powerhouse team. Why wouldn't you put Dan? Merlin I can't imagine them? that you sign both of them to, but in the free agency, to not have them be a team. It's like, um, so, but they're definitely working together. And when it comes to wheel slices, Ben Bateman uses the wheel, like, you know, like a carving knife. Like he cuts people up with the wheel. Cause what he will do is he will weaponize categories in the wheel. So things that like Harry Potter or 
the animated things that Jeff doesn't like or isn't going to be as strong at. Dan was going to like study the crap out of those, put them on the wheel in the hopes that either Snyder hits it or he hits it or it's, you know, whatever. So that's one thing. It's the we I think this match does come down to the wheel. I imagine it's going to be very close in round 1. I think one of them will take the lead in round 2 and that's probably going to be the person that won- that that wins it. And I think it comes down to a 5-point question. I'm not like Yeah. I think Dan wins, but I think it's tough. I think it's going to it's not going to be an easy match. Um but yeah, so I we agree. both have Dan I don't think it's going to be an easy match either. I think it's going to go all the way down to the to the third round, and it's going to be very fun and exciting, and we're all going to have a good time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. the big winners for sure. It's going to be us. That's for sure. Because because oh, yeah. oh. win or lose, that's the beauty of the showdown. Win or lose, um, or no matter who wins, there's going to be so much to dissect from this match because you know it's going to be. <laughs> Tension filled and and like Jeff's gonna try to use some antics to to get at Dan, um, and that's another thing. I think that kind of benefit the fact that it's not in studio benefits Dan because Jeff has historically used bits and used antics to get in people's heads and to kind of bother people. And we yeah. have seen that Dan can be rattled at least once. We saw it with with our boy Drew Guy, like. It doesn't happen often or really ever, but and it's not going to happen because they're remote. But we'll right. see, it's still going to be a great match. I agree. Oh, so that's the matches for this week. Let us know, um, you know, in the comments or uh, in the chat, who you guys think are going to be winning these matches. Which match are you most looking forward to? Obviously, I mean, come on, it's Dan, it's Dan and, and Snyder it was. Merle, no, Ring Star Drew, Ring Rust is never allowed to be used as an excuse ever again. Yeah. Mara took two years off and crushed it. So get that rusty thing out of here. <laughs> I do. I do agree. I'm not sure if I'm frozen. I'm frozen on my end. Hold on. Can you hear me? You're, okay. you're good. You're good. You're, you're good. You're okay, good. You're okay. moving. I will. No, I do agree. I do agree with that at some point because you, I've heard Christian Harloff talk about it before, and I do agree that the game did change a little bit. That type of intimidation factor that Andrew Guy was bringing to the table, Dan Merle was not used to that. And just, Dan, like, it, I've heard Christian Harloff say it a bunch of times, and I've heard Dan reference it also. Like, Harloff told him that Andrew Guy was nothing to worry about. And Andrew Guy was had a great game. He played a great game and brought that level of gameplay that the, that evolved, that the Schmodown evolved into. So I do agree. Maybe not trivia rusty. I don't think Dan Merle was trivia rusty uh, in that match, but I do, I do believe that the game was different at the time when Dan came back and a big shock, a big shock to the system. And, and just, uh, and honestly, uh, that was a great time. That was, that was a great match to watch. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, still my favorite match of all time. Absolutely. Um, I, uh, who was it? Uh, that's not, yeah, we- <laughs> he, 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 I had the high ground. He did once he jumped on the table. Um, <laughs> Morgan said, uh, you know, uh, Dan was out of his head. He didn't study like Mara did. I don't think it's not like Andrew Guy was like studying every like you know this this is that match that match is actually the the like the 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 turning point of kind of like the schmodown because prior to that match it was show up and if you answer if you know more than the other person you're gonna win just show up and 
So like if you're if you're Dan, you're gonna show up and you're gonna and you're gonna beat someone. That wasn't a fluke. That wasn't like Andrew Guy getting getting lucky in the sense of like flip of a coin lucky. That was in the that showed that if if you're not if you don't get lucky in the sense of like wheel spin and things like that, anybody can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. Because the match is close at the end of round one, so it's not like suddenly Andrew Guy had like a huge chance to win. It's the wheel spin. It's that Dan Dan maybe got a little cocky and thought there's enough. There's no wheel slice that I can't get through. I also think the one thing that Dan did in that match was maybe he didn't take his time a few times, especially in round two, where he thought he knew the answer right away and maybe didn't think it through, which kind of shows that's that's why I always will say that the Ben Bateman technique and. God, I hate Ben Bateman, but, you know, the Ben Bateman technique of wait until they count it all the way down. Like, mm-hmm. think about it as much as possible. Like, take the time that you're allotted, you know, yeah. and that's that that's is just, kind of That's the crazy more. thing about the Schmodown is we've we've seen these these strategies, how they've evolved, um, for, including the JTE rule, uh, JTE Sometimes yeah. clearly using the judges to repeat a question to take a little bit more time evolved into a role. And uh, Ben Bateman using this sort of fake out uh, turned into a strategy for people to to use not only as an intimidation factor, but as a self reminder to take your time and sit back and listen. Go ahead and take take it all the way down to the very last second for your peace of mind to do it. And you know what? Sometimes it's going to piss people off whenever you do it cuz it happens. So Yeah, Kirsten told Dan that his grandmother could be guy. Yeah, and that's the that's the crazy Yeah. And see this is the thing that that, that gets me about that. Like that was like Someone put the Belford timer on. That's what we got to find for it now. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> But you know that's like the the thing. Like anybody can beat anybody if if the if the wheel goes the right way. Because it's it's not like I wouldn't say anybody can beat anybody in Star Wars. Star like because Star Wars is that specific knowledge. It's like who knows more. Um, and it's not really like finding holes in your knowledge. It's finding like these like crazy things that you just don't remember right away. Ig, there's like you can find little holes in people's knowledge. In, the sh- in singles and teams, there's whole big holes in people's knowledge. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Dan Merle, William Bibiani, you know, the people who we think of as like the, the knowledge goats, the, like the, the Drew McWeenies, you know, they, they know every, the Ethan Irwins, they know everything about movies. They still have holes in it. If you can find it, you can you can beat them. Anybody can beat yeah. anybody on that one. Yeah, Ethan Irwin doesn't famously doesn't watch animated movies. Lots of people that don't watch animated movies, but in the same turn, um, there's also that you what a lot of people used to call Makuga magic and that guessing of of an answer that can completely turn the game around. Look at competitors like Stacy Howard. So that just goes yeah. back to how it can be anyone's game at anyone at any time just just because of the way that the game is set up so 100%. Yeah. All right, we're going to move along here. Um so we, uh we did get some news this week. Um they announced uh Christian Harloff tweeted it out that we are getting the free for all everybody. It's back. Whoop, 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 whoop. April 24th. 40 competitors which means 40 
If it is, we're getting five per faction. Um, it's very exciting news. I'm super excited for it. They actually have some new sort of like technology that they're using um, that allows that's going to allow them to like switch people in and out easier and like not have to worry about um, like everyone linking to OBS and all that sort of stuff. So that's really exciting. <laughs> I, um, I actually I am. I feel I don't know if never mind, never mind. Actually I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we are we are excited. Free for all four. I mean, every free for all is the like if spectacular is like is is like the granddaddy of them all, free for all is the most fun. Like free for all is the most like we love free for all. We love the entrances. We love the moments. We love the matchups. We love the little storylines that have, that that get perpetuated in free for all. That get started in free for all. Um, the little rivalries that are rekindled and that are uh, expanded upon. I really, I man, free for all is just the best. I love free for all so much. Me Danny, too. are you excited for free for all? I am very excited, and I also know that we very much love our friend Ferris Muthana for the Super Chat donation. Thank you so much, Ferris. We really, really appreciate it. He says, hello. So hello, big shout Ferris. out to Ferris. That's Ferris. That's yes. so Ferris. Oh, my God. I love him. I, yeah, I am so excited for Free For All. Free For All is going to be a big a big time fun Um this is this is kind of like um what's the man i can't think of the the wrestling the royal match. rumble the royal rumble there we go it's yes. like the royal rumble for the schmodown and it's a lot of fun because you do get to see it i know that there's a little bit of controversy with um the um the way that the mvp point system is going um mvps only get one point is that correct so the, the MVP – so they originally announced – when they first announced it, they said that the winner is going to get three points and a title shot, which that's – the title shot is the traditional free-for-all um, right. award. Mm -hmm. Then they announced – somebody asked if the MVP was going to get anything. So they did announce that the MVP was going to get one point, and then they also came back and said that the winner does not get the three points, that they just get the title shot. Which makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, like we were talking before the show, it's not like if you win a, a number one contender's match. It's not like Snyder versus Merle. If Merle wins, they're not going to be like, well, you get a chance at seven points, so you don't get the points from winning this match. I thought three points is perfect. I thought it was like the right amount. It's not a normal match. It's not, there is a lot of luck involved historically. Nobody picked before. I think I think Merle's the earliest winner. Like everyone else has been a late. Like Sam Levine came in late. Brianne Chandler came in pretty late. Dan came in fairly late. Like, um, but I think Dan was the earliest. So it's not like I mean yeah. Bibiani famously went from number one to the end, but still didn't win. So like, you are favored if you come in later, but you but you are and you aren't. Like you you still got to know things. You still got to know more than somebody else. Bibiani's still going to try to clear you off the table or, or you know, any of these other heavy, heavy hitters. Drew, Drew McQueenie is back in the Schmodown and free for all is his, is like his sort of game where it's just answering one point questions for the most part. And he can get those right all day. So um, we think it's five per faction. Cause it's 40. That would be eight factions, 40 points. Some people um, talking about it in the chat. Um, 
yeah, yeah, like Star Drew says, it's like maybe unfair. But again, it's it's the question of like it's it's it is an interesting thing because if you're coming number one, it's the hardest thing to do to win the free for all. Mm-hmm. Um, to go through everybody else to win. If you come in at number 40 and you win the free for all, like do you deserve points? So it's like it's almost like eh. Like, should there be points for like you know, whatever you do in the free every round you survive, should you get a point? Like Right. So I think the only way that I can can look at it, and this is just from like someone who I don't even want to say that someone who doesn't really watch sports, but not because it doesn't fucking matter. Never mind. Disregard what I just said about that. But the only way that I can see how this makes sense to me is that it's a free for all. It's not matches. So the matches are where you're going to get the faction points for what what counts overall and and the free for all is is an event that that works in a different sort of way not in the same in the same way uh that matches get you points so i can kind of because at this it's part of the rules that we've also seen is what they're going to try to get rid of and really try to make sure that doesn't happen or are guaranteed faction points where at the end of um where it's going to be two people from the same faction playing against each other in a match and then automatically points are going to go to a faction so i feel like that's kind of a big reason why free for all could be pointed the way that it that it is pointed to because there is a big probability that the mvp and the winner of the free for all could be from the same faction it would be unfair. or the same person or the same person, right? And then doubling up on those points. So I think trying to figure out the point system is really where it, it's coming down to. Free for all is a fun event that we all still get to watch. And we're also accustomed to the free for all being, um, having the level of point system that it that it's had forever. And just to kind of go back to what Christian Harloff has been saying for quite some time now is just to kind of sit back and watch the show this show has been evolving and it's changing and new things are happening and let the free for all be its own separate thing that we don't have to worry about with these faction points and these set factions. That's the only way that it's making sense in my mind, in my opinion, that that would be the reason to change the point system, which seems to be the biggest drama inside of the free for all. I understand. And that would be the reason to not give a reward to an MVP is because the free for all shouldn't matter for the faction points. The free for all should be this separate, really huge fun event that that happens that we get to participate in. And there, <laughs> that's it. That's yeah. It's it also like um, because the other thing is like you're only answering first round. It's it's all first round questions. It's all right, one right. point questions. So it's to when you earn faction points, you earn you question you answer. First round questions, second round questions, third round questions, you know. So it does make sense, I guess, as I think about it, that yeah, it shouldn't be worth any points because either you answered, you know, forty rounds worth of first round questions, which is an impressive feat of stamina, especially if you're standing the whole time, right. William Bibiani. Yes. But yes. you're still just answering first round questions, and William Bibiani can answer first round questions all day long, and, and it does. And, but, yeah. It does suit certain players more than others. There are players who have that cursory knowledge of every movie that's ever made, and they are the they are the free for all beasts. It's the William Bibiani's, the Ethan Irwins, the Dan Merles, the John even Roca has gone kind of deep in free for alls before. Um, mm-hmm. well, actually, not really, but 
But those, you know, the, the the Drew McQueenies, like they, but it's because they don't have to answer anything round two. There are no deep cuts. There are no, what's the color of this or what cigarette is this person smoking? Like the deepest cut we typically get in the free for all is who directed this movie or like, you know. Yeah. And I think it's, I think that we're, again, we're just so accustomed to the free for all being this specific type of event and it's okay for us to let it go and be another type of event that just doesn't have uh, points that matter. And I know that a lot of people were talking about the MVP and um, you know, there should be some type of reward that goes to, to what William Bibiani did because what William Bibiani did is nothing to, to talk lightly about to, to last from the first round to the last round standing in a live setting, answering multiple <laughs> questions, multiple yeah. trivial questions regardless of of the of the um of the, how hard the questions were i can't think of the word how hard the questions were regardless of how hard they were still having to keep up that stamina you definitely that should be like that needs to actually find its way into some real sports time hall of fame because that's an amazing feat i really do think <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be in the Schmodown Hall of Fame. It's just gonna be a, a like a statue of William Bibiani standing at the free for all stage or whatever, you know. Like Yeah, we're gonna find a way to make a plaque of it and just like sneak it somewhere like in like the actual like rock and roll hall of fame. Pro football hall of fame. Yes, just like that. But also, it's not stated in the MVP rules that it's the player who lasts the longest in the free-for-all is automatically the MVP. That's just what it has always kind of been. But traditionally that's, been, yeah. That's what it's traditionally been, but it's never been stated that that's what the MVP is. So, well, and no, we don't know what they're going to do if they're going to change up what's going to happen for the MVP just because they're not going to get points for their faction. We don't know if they're going to do anything else for that. What if that gives them a chance to uh to like something why would they why would Christian tell us what his plans are before it happens? If we're going to get some major news breaking uh, reward for the for the MVP winner for the free for all winner. Why the fuck would Christian Harloff tell us now in the Facebook group? Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. Well, if nothing, if nothing else, it's gonna they're gonna be people who are gonna make their name from the free for all. Yeah. Remember, we have a we have a draft class full of unknowns. You know, there's unknowns in in almost every faction, even the people who we know who they are. You know, a player like a Marisol McKee or a Vinny Mancuso, um, who we've only seen him for one year. Like, mm -hmm. you have a chance to make your a name for John Humphreys made his name in the free for all. In a free for all, like yep. nobody really knew who John Humphreys was as far as trivia. People knew him as the real rejects, but we didn't really know how good at trivia they were or not good at trivia. And here comes John Humphreys, and he's just slaying dragons left and right and lasting, you know, so many rounds. And maybe he didn't. He didn't win. He didn't win the MVP that year, but he for sure, uh, you know, Did he win the MVP. I don't think so. I think Bibiani won the MVP that year because he lasted the most rounds and like lasted a ton of. He lasted all the way to the end because that's when Brienne won. Um, right. 
I don't know. Don Humphrey blasted a bunch of rounds, and they kind of like I think they gave him like a like an like a MVP two or like co MVP type thing. Yeah, I feel like that's before factions and all that stuff. Yeah, Um, let us know if anyone remembers. The one thing we are going to be able to speculate between now and the free for all is you know you get five. We think that's the math. Eighteen, eight factions, forty spots. That's five per faction. So who do you pick? Who do you who do you put in there? Who you know? And the, the free for all traditionally has also been an opportunity for like returning people. We're not going to see that this year. It's just kind of bumming, but it's not the end of the world to me, especially because we want to know who some of these players are. Clearly, the Finstock Exchange has a chance to put their name all over the season. And again, it's not it's not going to be like so. Let's say you're a singles player and you're kind of considered a mid level singles player. If you crush it in the free for all. Christian Harloff's going to be like, well, maybe we should put him in like some more high profile matches. Like, <laughs> yeah, getting like getting a shot at a at a high title undercard. That's a that's a great opportunity to put you in front of a lot of faces. Yeah, but I'm just again, I'm just excited we get the free for all again. We had the horror free for all last year. Now we get the the free for all. Back again. Free for all four. Cuatro. Cuatro para la comunidad de español. Tú sabes, mi raza, mi gente. When my niece was little, she couldn't she couldn't say cuatro, so she would go uno, dos, tres, taco. <laughs> yeah, I want three tacos. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, we're gonna right. we're gonna move on from the free for all. Oh, math alert from Weston Iro in the chat. Math alert. Yes, that is. We didn't tell you there would be math. We're sorry. There's usually <laughs> no math here. I was told there would be no math. Uh, and Dean Morgan in the chat. Yes, some of us don't ever understand the decision making of Christian, but I do. Will say it almost always pays off in the end. There's always, yeah. or it just it just fizzles out and goes away, and we never hear about it ever ever again. Those are the two. <laughs> It seems like the two options for, for a lot of the things. Yeah. Totally <laughs> um, fine. Uh, we're going to do a little preview now. Uh, this Monday, for, for all you Call to Action fans, we have our second episode of Turn It Up to 11 <laughs> with myself and Paul, the PLD daddy, Denuzio. Uh, Brandy Parker, no conoces que yo estoy bilingual? Yo hablo español. Yo hablo español mejor que todos los gringos que están en C2A aquí en lo, la acción de, de, de call to action. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so this coming Monday we have turn up to 11 and it is the 11 greatest feuds in the history of the Schmodown. We, uh, we are counting them down to decide what is the greatest feud. Chat. What do you think is the greatest feud in the history of the Schmodown? Danny, what are your what are some of your favorite feuds? Well, obviously, I uh, y'all, y'all know me. I'm a team action girl. So, any anything against team action is my favorite stuff, but definitely top 10 team action are my favorite feuds. Um, I loved what we were talking about earlier, Billy, the late to the party team action <laughs> match. That's a feud. That's a that's a canon feud. Late to the party are uh, mortal enemies of team action. So we love them very much. 
but they are. But that's like, took Ben Bateman out of the free for all one year, so that's, that's part of that feud. <laughs> that's very true. Um, what else did I wrote down some stuff for some of my favorite feuds? Um, Alanowski <laughs> Lancaster in the chat, guy versus the digital. Oh, field. too soon, too soon, AJ. <laughs> How dare you? Oh, Ben oh. Rayner oh. with Roxy versus Shannon for the win oh, yeah. for sure. That's a good Roxy one. Shannon is a is a great one for the ages. I love that one. Oh, Roxy and, and Winston. That was a fun one. Uh, Winston giving Roxy the L was uh, one of my, I thought was a very funny moment inside of the Schmodown. So that was a good one. It's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. Oh. The Morgan Bibbs versus Mark Andreco. Oh, it, yeah. It, that's an interesting one because it's kind of like a, a little niche feud. It's not as yeah. like. That's yeah. That's, I feel like that's almost a deep cut because that's. I feel like that's back in the um, uh, Bibiani mask days, isn't it? Well, it, it that's where it started because that's Bibiani's debut where he goes perfect and, and beats Andreco, which kind of like put him on the map. Uh, most of the rest of their feud has kind of been in the uh, either teams with uh, um, the Odd Couple beating. Shazam, I think they beat Shazam, mm -hmm. then, right? Yeah. Oops, sorry. And, and then, um, yeah, teams match post interview. Yes, AJ Lancaster, you are right. Um, <laughs> but then also in like the horror matches, the because uh, they've kind of been dodging each other, I think, in the in the horror exhibition matches. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> Weston Iro Gucci versus Common Sense. I mean, it's who needs common sense when you got Gucci Gucci sense. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh man, but remember old Lions Den? Good times. Oh man, when they were like feuding with like everyone, like that was like yeah. honestly, Lions Den versus Fife Club was like a, a a feud that ended too soon. Like it didn't get the payoff that it deserved. Like, because yep. we never got top ten versus Patriots. That was also a very good one. That that's a weird feud because. The Patriots won every match. Like, not, yeah. I mean, you can talk all the strength in the world, but like if you're not winning matches and you're getting stomped, like top 10 got like Matt Nose went into like semi retirement because of the way the Patriots like stomped them into oblivion. Spicy, talking spicy about top 10 and OG Schmodown team. <laughs> Weston Iroh in the chat, Roca versus the number four. <laughs> Yes, that is those those feuds are always my my no. favorite ones. Those, those funny ones. Emma Wait, that's not the one I wanted. Well, that is a good one. Fight versus the closet. Cameron Diaz. Oh my gosh! Yes, Ben, ben Bateman, Bateman versus Family <laughs> Films. It's like Ben Bateman versus his childhood. <laughs> no, not his childhood because he did not watch kid films growing up. He was that's what I'm saying. Like he never had oh, a childhood. No. <laughs> Oh, JT versus Spelling, Jeff versus Shirts. <laughs> yeah, this is. Those are all very true feuds. Oh man, that, we got uh, that, uh, we got Greg Alba versus Public uh, Utilities, <laughs> Public mm -hmm. Facilities. <laughs> yeah, who needs, uh, who needs the toilet when you just pee on yourself on the in the in the free for all? Koi John Drew versus the Internet. Oh my gosh! All those internet connect. Also, um, the kid a little bit with those internet issues. Like, kid, yeah. Oh man, good times. 
Uh, I it would be so funny if there would have been like an in memoriam for uh, internet connections for the Schmodown Awards. Like if it would have been just like a, <laughs> a clip of everyone. Like, like messed up <laughs> wasn't there so i feel like there's a video or something like that about it please someone if there is something like that please let me know Bing PLD, how dare you pld how dare you first I... of all it's robert parker versus gravity <laughs> that's a deep cut from the uh from a certain atlantis schmodown um Sorry, was not yeah. there, so I get this joke sorry but yeah, be sure you guys tune in on Monday um, right here on Call to Action for Turn It Up to 11. We're going to be counting those down. Um, we, also, we also got this week, we got some more some more news that came in. Um, you know, they're talking, maybe things are going to be opening up. We could have a spectacular in December at a live event. Would Danny, you know? how, many, how many kidneys would you sell to go to a live event? And, uh, <laughs> Hopefully, I <laughs> I hate that we live in a system where I have to sell a kidney to go to a live event. But yeah, <laughs> that could possibly be true. Um, but yeah, I'll sell mine, and I'm sure I can find one somewhere. Somewhere. I mean, I've already said that I would sell one of Kelsey's kids because I don't have any. Um, <laughs> the going rate right now is whatever the a plane ticket costs to go to LA. So. Uh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, um, I think by the I think it would be depending on what what the state of the states look like at the time. But if everything does seem nice and and easy enough and fresh to go, I would absolutely go to a live event in December. Yeah, I would hundred percent. If it's if it's safe and open and we're in good yeah. good a good place, I'm I will be. I have said that the next time they have a live event, I will be at that live event as long yeah. as it's. They're not gonna have a live event until it's safe. So, right. as soon as it's safe and we have live events again, I'm gonna be there. Me too. I miss my friends. <laughs> and that is honestly, oh, no. that is the biggest thing. Is like, That's really, like I don't like. This is just an excuse to hang out with people that we know, really, than it is to to watch matches. That's just the cherry on the top of it. It's so the it's the organizing principle of our like of our lives. Like we, we come together, we eat New York pizza. We, we eat tacos in Houston. We, you know, we do whatever and wherever hanging out together. There's these other people that are there that are like super famous or not super famous, but like Schmodown super I'm famous. famous. <laughs> then there's like a bunch of people who like, this is the only live event they will ever be at. So they're like, like <laughs> striving for like two minutes with, with like these people. And it's like, I remember when I was like that, like when I was like, oh my God, it's, I remember the first New York live event and I was like, oh my God, like that's Ben Bateman. Oh my God, that's Dan Merle. And now it's like, I'm like texting Ben, like, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Like, <laughs> I'm yeah. having a like, <laughs> Yeah, that, I, that's definitely what's made it like different and fun in a way um, to talk about the Schmodown because you you create relationships with these people sometimes because you get to know them so well at live events and then whenever doing you know us having the wonderful opportunity to talk to people that are part of the Schmodown you also become close to them like that and in turn it just makes it so hard to kind of root against people and and really kind of blur out those character lines but at the same time it's just so, it's so much fun to 
to to know these people and to to want to root for them for those reasons. So. Hundred <laughs> percent. Jake, Jake just put this in the in the in the overlay folder. <laughs> that is a great rivalry. A hundred percent. Yes, I have seen that one before, and that was a good one. Oh my gosh. What a great, what a what a great. Yeah, yeah. The live events is like. It's funny because West Weston Iro in the uh, chat says, "I'm waiting until I can tolerate people." Yeah, <laughs> Trust me, Weston, you don't you don't have to tolerate people. I don't tolerate people. I hate people. Yeah, but you'll find like your people, like us, and you're our people, so we love you. And you just come hang out with us, and you just you know we ignore all the other the sheep, as uh, <laughs> Smithy with what the fuck was that? Um, <laughs> You know, we we ignore the sheep as we do, and and we just uh, have fun with call to action. We are action army. All right, we roll deep. We get call outs. The the down knows where its its bread is buttered. Like, so that's just that just takes care of itself. We are, but the army rolls together. Like, I think I think really just to touch on that just for a quick second. When it comes to the action army, there's a lot of us that have been Schmodown fans for a very very long time and um, have adopted the army, even if even if you weren't a, a team action fan at the very beginning when team action started, um, the action army just kind of grew into its own little thing. And we still, there's a lot of us that still very much follow Ben and Drew and will always be very, very loyal to, to our dads is sometimes what we like to call them. It's really funny to, to, to say that sometimes about Ben and Drew, but- um, yes. It overall, what the Action Army is, is just a group of fans that have been able to create this relationship with each other, and 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 it's been so nice to see, and it's been so awesome to see it grow. So that's part that's part of what makes live events so special is being around people that are very much like minded, like you. Like I don't talk about Schmodown to anyone, like outside of like that door right there like my mom knows and my mom super much enjoys the schmodown and loves it but like this isn't like a normal part of my conversation in everyday life so being able to be around people that love the show just as much as i do is a great feeling and i miss that feeling so much and i miss my friends and i miss schmodown live events it's a it's it's really hard to explain. It really is one of those you had to be there sort of things to really love and appreciate a lot of event. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's funny because like, I don't care like who's on the card anymore. Like who's gonna be yeah. there doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. All I know is that I'm gonna go hang out with my friends and we're gonna go watch this thing that we all love. But the biggest thing is that we get to see everybody. Yeah, Alan Smithy, hundred percent hashtag Action Army. This is the beauty of the Action Army is that it's a sh- it's something that was started with Ben and Drew as team action in the Schmodown. There's no more team action in the Schmodown. Drew's not even in the Schmodown this season. Yeah, but there's still team. A- there's still team action. There's or not still. There's still Action yeah. Army. Like we still roll deep. We still, you know, we add new members every day. I always say it. People don't realize they're Action Army, but you are Action Army. If you like the Schmodown, I don't care who you like in the Schmodown, especially now. It used to be you had to like Ben and Drew to kind of be Action Army. Now you you can like whoever you want. If you want to be a if you want to be a dungeon head, you can be an Action Army. If you want to be you know you like the Den, come be an Action Army. If you want to be wherever, because we roll deep, we roll together. We this is it's family, you know. Ohana means Action Army. That's what I'm saying. That's from a trash. 
Absolutely right. All right. That's from, <laughs> that's from some trash cartoon, but it's it it seems it seems to be correct. <laughs> I, hate, I hate you so much. All cartoons are trash, guys. It's fine. I hate it. I hate it when it's just <laughs> join our Patreon. You can force me to watch a a, a a cartoon, and I'll tell you how bad it is. Smash I or trash. <laughs> Justin Square, you never got your Action Army sunglasses. That's something to take up with. Uh, Paul Lavernius Denuzio. I think he's the one that, <laughs> the quartermaster of the Action Army. Um, oh, I can actually check that <laughs> Action Army is like the Fast and the Furious. It's like Tokyo Drift. It's really good. Um, <laughs> Peggy Gubbins, you wait. What are you? What are you talking about, Peggy Gubbins? You heard stories that was not always the case. What? What? You, what? What wasn't always the case? Expand, expand. But all right, we're gonna move right along here. Um, so we hopefully we get those in, in December. Um, so we got the new look for the managers. Um, as far as the like some of the uh, mechanics of it, and uh, you know some of the uh, um like. The layout specifically, we got a, let's see here, somewhere in here, I got a little. So the layout's different, you know, how like the matches it. are done is kind of different. The, the, we, we specifically said the managers aren't coming out beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? What, do you, what are your thoughts on the, on the new look for the Schmodan, Danny? I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. I think it, I, I like the layout. I like where Christian and Mark are in the little in the little format formats. I think that those are really cute. Um, I do agree with taking out the managers. I think that takes off a lot of extra time that just doesn't need to be there. I think it's fun whenever the managers were in studio, but for this online format, I think it's totally fine not to have them on there. So I wonder what the, like um, the, what am I trying to say? Like the, um, like how they could do it where like, Almost like they would go to their corner with their manager. Like you get dropped into like another room between rounds or whatever, and be like, "Talk, go talk to your manager." You know, we don't see that. We loved seeing it last season where you could hear the manager say anything, but it's not really like conducive to the manager um, player role. Like you don't want to give away your secrets. You don't want to like tell them what we love the secret codes and stuff like that. But it's still kind of like, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, Dean. Dean, it is weird in that shot that uh, that Laura has a, a corruption logo by her instead of swag. I don't know. Maybe if that was like something in post production that they just messed up, or is it like a slip? <laughs> I don't. Who knows? Um, but yeah, um, I, I like the new look. I like what they're doing. Again, it's growing pains. This is still, you know, not even a year old of us having to do things this way. So anything they can do to Make it, keep it fresh, make it look better, make it better. I'm loving it. Yeah, I like it. Um, let's see here. We got some rule bit ba- rule book updates. Um, no, no timeouts time and no faction versus faction, no interfaction matches. So no, uh, you know, swag playing of another swag. Um, what, do you think, what do you think about that, Danny? I, I agree. I think it's going to be interesting to see if a triple threat match has to come up. Um, that's going to be really interesting to see when that rule gets implemented. Because seeing the triple fat, triple uh, triple threat format, I think, would be the most 
interesting thing to see for for that. And again, it gives it gives the faction the chance to not be able to gain those points. Um, so no guaranteed points. No, uh, what was the phrase that everyone was using? I can't remember the phrase that everyone was using for free points. Yeah, no, like uh, yeah, like no free points or whatever. Yeah. Like so, none of that. I and I like that. I think that that's great. The timeout rule again. I don't. I. I don't know how that would work. I've never seen it before, so I I'm not gonna miss something that I've never had. So, uh, I'm not right. too worried about it. It's not there. I thought it was an I thought it was an interesting rule to add to the rule book in the first place. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what the, what the rule book changes to also because I believe there are gonna be a few more tweaks to it uh, before it gets released to the public because right now we've seen a rough draft or the first draft for the Patreons have seen it. Yeah. And I think we're going to get the final copy of the rule book whenever it releases to the public. So get a little bit more from that. Yeah. I, I, um, so the, the only thing about the, uh, the, um, no faction matches is I think unless it's a tournament, if you have, you know, 16 teams, 16 players in a tournament, if they get to the finals, like last season, Chance played Mike in the finals of the IG tournament. You're mm-hmm. not just going to make that a random triple threat match because nobody else has, has earned the right to go into it. So um, outside of tournaments, that's you. That's Christian scheduling. There should never be. But the only, uh, but the, the only one other thing is this too. So like, tr- like the tr- like this title matches. Like if you win this, if you win the the IG tournament, you get an IG t- title shot. Are they just going to make that a triple threat match with somebody else? Like, or are they not going to have a tournament final and just have it now be a title match? Like, that's going to be interesting to see. Like, if it's if it's going to be ending up being interfaction, you know? Right, right. I don't know. That's what it's going to be interesting to see because we haven't seen this implemented before. So, what is that going to look like if, let's say, Robert Parker ends up getting the title shot and it's him going up against Mara for the belt? Does yeah. that turn into a triple threat match? Oh, man. And who gets the opportunity for that triple threat match? Is it the person that, or does, do you even continue with the tournament at all? And whatever the last, whatever the final round of the tournament is, it automatically turns into a triple threat match for the belt because, well, you can't even do that because what if in that tournament, that person beats Parker and then gets the solo shot tomorrow then so you couldn't turn it into that. It would have so would that person in turn who was in the la- who was in the final match with Parker, if Parker gets the match against Mara, does that person get brought caught up for a triple threat match? It's so confusing. Yeah, yeah. Just keep it simple. We have a tournament. If you win the tournament, you get a title shot. I don't care what faction you are, because you know what? If you're getting free points or whatever they want to call it, you earn those free points because A, you won the title in the first place. Mara, like let's we'll take we'll take Mara and Robert as an example. Mara won the title, so she has the right to defend it against whoever. If Robert Parker wins the IG tournament, he has the right to challenge Mara for the title. Not in a triple threat match where you bring in some arbitrary person. No, one v one. Yes, the dungeon gets all the points. Okay, they earn those points by winning a tournament and winning a title, and. Just because Mara has the title, that shouldn't preclude Robert from earning and getting title shots, um, you know, that are 1v1. 
you know? Yeah. They so would they'd have to earn those. Yeah, if it's arbitrary, yeah, where like Christian, Christian, let's say, like, okay, number one consent match. Christian kind of arbitrarily picks Snyder versus Merle. He doesn't, he doesn't actually because it's the winner. It's the the person who lost the title match last year against the, the tournament runner up. But like if they had been in the same faction, does that mean suddenly like we we now have to make this a triple threat or now we are arbitrarily adding someone to it? I don't I think if I think at that point if that would have happened, let's say if Snyder and Dan Merle did end up getting on the same faction, I don't think that Harloff would have scheduled that match. I think we got the opportunity for that match because they are on different factions because Harloff seems to be very actively working against putting up faction against faction in these matches. And I want to bring up something that Justin Square is saying in the chat, just like the Finstock exchange earned being able to retain the horsemen last year and how they basically were able to keep the belt last year with the, the, the type of players that they had and who was going up against two at the time. So I think it, it's, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this works. I think that the reason that we don't know for sure, we don't know how it's going to work out. We don't know what, like we're all just kind of, guessing what's going to happen, what could possibly happen at this point. But I think having that rule there just to make sure that there's no uh, guaranteed faction points, in my opinion, I like it. I think that that's fine. I think that that's great. It'll be very interesting to see how it works out for title shots because I do agree with you if, let's say, if Robert Parker does like get through all of the tournament and then he gets to go up against Mark Knopic for the belt. I, I kind of do really do agree with you that it should be a one V one match. Yeah. He earned a one V one match. Like he should get it. I, I, I like, I like them saying that in the regular season or like normal matches, we aren't going to have faction versus faction or whatever. Um, or interfaction or whatever. But when it when it comes to title shots, number one contender matches, all those sorts of things, leave it alone. It's tournaments, leave it alone. Like if they if that how it if that's how the chips fall, that's that's how they fall. Because people earn those things. And it, you shouldn't lessen somebody's accomplishment of earning that by now saying, Oh, well, we have to add somebody else because there's two you're both faction mates. Like, come on. It's like last year, at the beginning of last year, when they had the triple threat between Dan, the kid, and Bibbs, and it was like it was a little it was a little clunky. Like triple threat matches are always clunky. I don't really like triple threat matches that much. Yeah, and that I think I'm. Anyways, okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Uh, we are getting two Star Wars tournaments this year. Super excited for that. Ooh. We, we we finally have a division that is deep enough that has enough players because we added so many new Star Wars players this year that you can easily field a, a big tournament, a sixteen person tournament. You know, it's funny how like far we've come in this the different, especially the IG and Star Wars division. Because before in the beginning, like Star Wars, you get like one match a year. It was like you know you got the Knapsack winning the title the one year, and then you got him. Facing Whitwer after like Whitwer won a five way, the second year, and it was always that was like what it was. It'd be a five way number yeah. one contenders match and then a title match. Yeah. That was the entire Star Wars season. Very slow, very slow. And IG was kind of like that too. You had like five ways to determine who won right, the title buddy, first. I'm gonna leave you hanging one more time. I'm so. That's cool. That's cool. Um, 
so like you would get these like and that's what it was but then then we got the ig tournament which we finally had enough ig players to field the tournament kind of now have a whole division that's super strong there's a lot of different players um and now the star wars star wars is on that um is on that level as well <clears throat> the i i think they're not going to be the same tournament i think one the first one's going to be eight players and then the the um, the second one is going to be 16 players, which is super exciting, especially because now you get the first one. It's like, all right, here's my big Star Wars player, but I only have to pick one. So if I like, let's say somebody like um, Corruption, they drafted two Star Wars players. One's Joseph Scrimshaw, one Sean Sullivan. Maybe Scrimshaw's not available right now. So, hey, all you got to do is have Sullivan. Sullivan's right in the tournament. Boom, nailing it. And then when Scripshawn's available later in the year, hopefully he can be in that tournament as well. Um, <clears throat> Damon retains all year. I, man, I, I honestly, it's so tough, man. I don't see it happening. Like, I, he's got to be like, at this point, uh, he's got to be burnt out. Honestly, if if Alex Damon retains the Star Wars title this whole year. Alex Damon's the GOAT. I don't care. It's done and dusted. Yeah. Like, forget about it. I don't care what anybody else has done. He's only lost one match in his entire Schmodown career. It's against it's in a five-way to Sam Whitworth. Like Alex Damon's the GOAT if he retains the whole year. Especially with the caliber of players that we have now. Like just seeing the first match between Laura Kelly and Molly Damon, I think is a great example of the type of player that you need to be inside of this Star Wars tournament. And that that's just a lot of fun to see. And I'm very excited to see to see the 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 level of questions that they ask, like uh, how hard they are and and the level of difficulty that these questions are. Uh, throughout the tournament with these newer Star Wars players that we haven't seen before, are we going to be able to get some maybe what some would call easier questions and then kind of see how that goes throughout the season because we're going to have more matches. I'm just excited overall to get two tournaments, two tournaments, one in May. So that's going to be great because I feel like that's definitely going to probably be around Star Wars uh, either May the 4th or May 25th, which is my birthday, but also uh, Star Wars anniversary. So there you go. That's the thing is I think so Alex Damon, first of all, he's gotta get through Demolanta. Right. Which is no easy task. That's gonna be an easy no, not at all. Um, I, that's gonna be that's gonna be more that's gonna be a lot tougher than than when he beat Ace. Sorry, Danny. Sorry that I brought that up. Uh you know, your boy. Um if he gets through Demolanta, then he's gotta get through Kelly, who just went just went perfect. Like and went perfect, like with ease. Did not, didn't look like she broke a sweat. Oh my god, no! And again, because there's no um, buzzer round, he can't bully people in the buzzer round, which is where Alex Damon, Alex Damon is a bully. He will bully <laughs> you in that buzzer round. He can't do it anymore. It's gonna be super tough. It's really gonna be like random, like what the five pointer comes down to, and like which categories you pick in round five. Mm -hmm. um, maybe the betting round, Laura's got to be betting three every time, you know, pushing that. Yeah, Same with Dean Milan. So you got to put pressure on Alex Damon. We've not seen Alex Damon truly under pressure yet. 
where he's losing heading into round four or he's losing heading into round five. So, um, but if he gets through both of them, two of the best Star Wars competitors in the league, 100%, then he's going to have to get through the May winner, which is the eight cream of the crop Star Wars players. Right. And then 16 competitors, which is not only the, the eight cream of the crop, but it gives you an opportunity for people to come out of nowhere, like Ace did last year, just kind of like sweep the whole tournament. Like, yep. Oh, man. Yeah. 10 questions of sudden death. Want to be a surprise, Dean Morgan? Like 20, 30 questions of a sudden death. Like, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure that the question writers have their hands full with these Star Wars questions. Yeah. I do, I do not um, envy PJ or, or, uh, um, I just blinked on her name. What is the other? What's her name? Abby. Abby. Yeah. Wow. I just completely blanked on Abby's name. Sorry, Abby. Shout out Abby Freer. We love you. We we stand question writers. As I always say, I don't always support the schmodown, the questions in the schmodown, but I always support the question writers in the schmodown. Um, yes, Starger. Thank you. It is Abby. Abby Freel, a homegirl, friend of the show. Not a friend of me anymore because I just forgot her name completely. <laughs> she now hates me. Um, but yeah, so Star Wars tournaments, huge news there. Um, I think we're gonna skip the Patreon spoiler discussion again. It's like yeah. you don't like, like spoilers. Sorry about your luck. It's the world we live in. Um, also, I'm pretty sure everybody in our in our in our circle here. Uh, they watch the show so they don't get spoiled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, understand, I understand the level of frustration that some people can have, but as, as you know, someone who's helped run an after show for quite some time now, um, we, we tried not talking about spoilers and it really does hinder what we do with after shows in the long yeah. run. So, um, it's unfortunate. Like, I really, really liked what Frank Jonas said on the rundown about a Facebook group being created. That's a complete non-spoiler place. Like go and, and make sure like hang out in there to make sure that you're not getting spoiled in certain cases and then come back and watch the after shows after you watch them because you like, you'll have that there as it's something, something else to digest on also. So, um, it's a lot of work for after shows to not talk about spoilers. It really, really is a lot of work to not talk about spoilers on our shows. So, guys, so we're gonna spoil anything we can spoil. I mean, we're not gonna. Spo- it's not even spoilers. We're gonna talk about stuff that's already happened. Again, like, yeah, um, yeah. on every, sh- pretty much every show of, of Call to Action. The only one that might not you might not get any spoilers in is chill because it's more of like a chill vibe like <laughs> but even on chill there'll be people who do spoilers because they'll talk about matches that have we sometimes we get spoilers on chill that are like legitimate spoilers because we'll get people talking about matches the tape that haven't even been shown yet sometimes we'll get in trouble <laughs> Remember, sometimes we get a talking to from daddy harloff <laughs> uh if you want to see a, a discussion of uh of Spoilers, uh, check out Twitch Tuesday on from last week with myself, Nat, and Dylan. We talked about uh, – there you go, Danny Toss. We talk about cheese, but we also talk about spoilers. Um, Alan Smithy, I love spoilers. Give me the, give me the most spoilers. What's good, Schmodown? <laughs> I love Alan Smithy. Alan Smithy, you're one of my favorite people, 100%. I love yeah. you so much. over here for sure. Oh. 
All right. So uh, what else we got here? Oh, we had a big, uh, big announcement for the first class league. Huge announcement for our friends over at the first class league. We They are friends of the show. Uh, and the announcement is Schmodown legend Rachel Cushing joins the FCL announcing team. 100% amazing. What a get for uh the fcl um i it'll be interesting to see like is she like you know there all the time is it like her and brad is she gonna be there sometimes because rachel's a busy lady she's got a lot of work to do so um but anytime you get rachel on the desk it's fantastic it's i love when you get like random not random people on the desk but like people you don't normally get on the desk like yeah, you know, we used yeah. to get like Dan Merle on the desk every once in a while, and now you know Rachel's when obviously. Chandler would come out on the desk when Miss Movies would come out on the desk. That was amazing, amazing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we stand Brianne Chandler um, in this podcast one hundred percent. Follow her on Instagram. You can follow her like story, like how she's learning to play the guitar. It's amazing. She's oh, we love we love Brianne. Um. And I think that's about it. So one other thing we have to do is we have a fantasy update from our <laughs> fantasy correspondent, uh, Mister Mr. Nat Vu. Let's let's send it over to where is it at? Before we, I have it, but before we oh, do that, have. I send a big shout out to John Kaiser in the chat. Why does Billy look like he lost an arm wrestling match to Sylvester Stallone? That's not a lie. I mean, I was a trucker for a while. I wanted to win um, a diesel 18, uh, you know, semi, and it just didn't happen for me. Uh, Sylvester turned his hat around. Uh, his, he had his snot-nosed kid with him who was super annoying. And, uh, yeah, that's 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 how that happened. Alrighty. <clears throat> So um, before we play this video, I'm just going to move it really quickly. So before we play this video, this is going to be a new segment that we're going to be starting on call live. If you follow the Schmodown, there's a lot of people doing fantasy drafts for their Schmodown. A lot of people picking different people from different factions. Um, we wanted to talk about fantasy Schmodown in, on our show too. So we're going to start doing little bits of fantasy updates and part of those fantasy updates are going to be from the one the only the nat daddy himself so uh please 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 enjoy nat vu um giving you a c2a fantasy update or just a fantasy update what is this what is this no chill natty on call live oh okay. uh well this is a new segment that daniel's making me do which uh it's gonna be kind of like josh mcuga did in season three, like, you know, I, I'm not Jack McCuga. I'm not nearly as funny, nearly as charming, and I'm almost as good looking. Not, not quite there, but uh, I, I don't have props. I don't have Cody Hall with me. I'm, I'm all alone in my house. I, I live alone. I don't have anyone. Yeah. But anyway, we are going to be talking about fantasy, and I will be giving, be giving you some helpful advice if you're not already in a fantasy league. So... So here we go. If you have any of, of these people, or or better yet, all of them, uh, you will succeed for sure. Uh, number one, Dan Merle. If you can get Dan Merle, you should probably get Dan Merle. <laughs> and you probably can't because he's probably going to be taken first. He's the GOAT. And I got him. 
number two, Laura Kelly. Here's some really good advice here. He's bragging about his fantasy. I've made team. this mistake, of course, every single year I play fantasy, except for this year. Never draft. I shouldn't say never, but you should probably not draft a champion, like these champion, uh, because let's see, going back a few years, I drafted. They 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 uh, retire or they drop the belt immediately. Sam Levine retired. Ethan Irwin dropped the belt. Ben Bateman dropped the belt. Don't make that mistake. I didn't draft someone who's on the cusp of winning a championship potentially. Draft Laura Kelly like I did, and <laughs> you see her match. You see that match? Worked that real well for me. I number three, Drew Bigweenie. This man's out for revenge. He's gonna he's gonna dominate. I can't believe I got him that late, but you know, I'm playing with a bunch of jabronis. I'm also very <laughs> really good at drafting. Uh, number four. Hey, I'm gonna crush Manny. it in fantasy you know, league this year, okay? Maybe, maybe he still does. <laughs> I don't know. But he's good at what he does. So pick him up. Pick him up. Pick him up. Uh, Mark and Draco, <laughs> champion. I know I said not to draft champions, but. You know, it's round number five, and I got Mark and Draco. Are you kidding me? Uh, the Jackal, Jesse Swift. He has a match coming up. Also, draft draft people who with, uh, with matches coming up because those are some <laughs> early points. That was my strategy. And uh, I, I'm expecting big things from Jesse Swift. He, uh, yeah, he's going to pay off big time. I got Peggy Gubbins, who I've also heard very good things. She's from the Fran Leagues. Uh, she's going to kill it. Eric Whiteley, I've also heard very good things. I've done my research on all these people. <laughs> he's going to crush it. Uh, Jess Sloth. Now mark my words. Mark my words. Let's say by October, Jess will be a champion in the league. <laughs> That's fantasy. Right reading off his draft. Uh, he's literally so. just reading he's off his draft. <laughs> uh, Whitney Seibold, are you, are you kidding me? Do these people not know how to draft? How did I get Whitney Seibold in round number 10? That, did, that actually did that. Real oh life, my that god! Did I'm gonna dominate job. this league. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, number Not- eleven, Paige Fredetti. I also got a, a, I, what I feel like is gonna be a very good player late, just like Sam Levine did. Uh, she's already my favorite person from New England, which is lower. But and Felix Mort, <laughs> who is a winner if I've ever seen one. I don't know anything anything about him. But he's a winner, you know. <laughs> now back to the the actual events th- this week. Man, nah. the guy who drafted Laura Kelly is one is some kind of genius. You know what I mean? She she fucking put up some points. Yeah, how many points you get? Uh, should probably check no, this before I start this video, but you know. <laughs> Not the best player. No. So you got 26 points. Go, 26. Plus, oh, yeah, title shot sure. bonus. Yeah, yeah, so that's, yeah. that's money in the bank, baby. And she has a really good chance of winning that title. I won't say real good chance because Alex Damon is really good and Andrew DiMolato is also very good. But, but, you know, you never know with Star Wars. Uh, I'm not currently in the lead. Uh, currently, Alex is in the lead because she has Mara, which is which is huge. Like, like, I, like I said, going back to what I said before, uh, don't draft the champion. Draft someone who's on the cusp of winning a championship. And, oh, my God. If she keeps playing the way she does, then she's going to be hard to stop. You know what I mean? She's going to be – I. if she keeps playing the way she did, I don't see anyone dethroning her for a while. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's basically your fancy update. I feel bad for the guy who had Chandru 
uh, Chandru, I really like Chandru. No, it's not a popular opinion, but and I, <laughs> I felt bad seeing him lose, but I felt even <laughs> better because Dylan drafted Chandru. And if you've watched any of my content, <laughs> you know that I can't stand that son of a bitch, Dylan. <laughs> so, also, did you? Dylan didn't draft Eric Zipper. What the fuck? How did you not draft your favorite player? You know? Like, oh, okay. Yes, that's what's right. What's going on there? That's right. Anyway. That's been your uh, your fantasy update for the week. I will be back every call live episode, maybe, probably not. Uh, depends on how I'm feeling. Time. That's a that's a pretty big commitment, you know. And uh, people may not may not understand that this whole thing I've got going on is actually a character, and I'm actually a very likable guy. Speaking of which, check out No Chill with Nat and Dylan. First episode, Brendan Brendan uh, Meyer, very good, very good episode. Uh, it's the funniest thing you'll ever see. There's a uh, there's some dislikes on it, but that's because people don't understand that. They don't understand my creative genius, you know. And Dylan's creative genius. <laughs> right, Dad. Yeah, that's there's right, gonna Dad. be one next month or this month, depending. In a gonna, few weeks. Are you gonna drop in a few weeks? There's gonna be a new episode because we're doing this monthly. Uh, check out Twitch. No. Twitch.tv/slash/call-to-action. The number two. I know who it is. Uh, every Tuesday at six. Check us out. Check us out. Uh, I don't know who's on who's on this uh, this call live episode because this <laughs> sort of segment is pre-recorded. So if we have a guest that's on my fantasy team, hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> and if you're if you're watching this and you're on my fantasy team, then don't tell the others, but you're my favorite. <laughs> I don't know if Paul's on this episode because if he is, he's gonna probably gonna talk a bunch of shit about me. <laughs> And I can't really. We don't let, we don't let Paul on the show anymore. So if he does, and that's, uh, that's a real dick move, Paul. You're better than that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, back to you guys on a on a call live. See you, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, Nat. <laughs> Big shout out to Nat Vu, everyone, um, <laughs> founding member of Call to Action. Uh, we are trying to bring you some fantasy updates. I asked Nat if he wanted to, you know, give some informative, deep-dived information about fantasy because, you know, Nat has always been the winner of our call to action fantasy leagues. So I thought, let's take, let's do a serious segment about fantasy. And then this is what Nat sends me. It's fantastic. Um, I am retired from the C2A fantasy because I crushed it last year and absolutely destroyed everyone with the by following the the Belford rule of draft Dan Merle. Now my <laughs> successor, my successor, the uh, my my uh, you know my my trainee, my my confidant Nat has now taken that, and uh, he's also uh, going to win because he drafted Dan Merle. Um, Danny, I do have a question about the C2A draft. Here's a little behind the scenes, um, guys. So we had this, we, you know, we had the, the free agency signing and the draft, and then we did our call to action draft. And we with some of the brightest minds in the Schmodown community. Uh, when was JTE drafted? When did he get drafted? Um like the ninth round. <laughs> <laughs> like Dylan drafted JT in the ninth round. 
Yes. Look, look, I'm not, I'm not saying that we're perfect at fantasy drafting. Um, that's why we did not put ours on camera. We did do a mock, a mock <laughs> draft that we had fun with and did that on air, but like our actual fantasy draft, we will not ever, that is definitely one of our favorite things to do as a group together. Uh, Cause we have a lot of fun talking a lot of shit inside of that group chat. Paul so, won, Paul won <laughs> the fantasy league. Like when, in like the old year when like nobody, like it, it wasn't even really like a thing. Like yeah. Paul cared. just tries to hold that over everyone's head because he won once and thinks that he can look. I, it's my year, baby. It's my year. I find, learned i feel good i've listened to some of the stupid stuff that nat says and i think i got this this is my year for fantasy baby um again go to watch go watch last week's ep- or this past week's episode of twitch tuesday where i uh i do a little commentary on some of the draft choices that people made um <laughs> yeah you can say team danny in the chat um if you looked at her team you probably wouldn't be on team danny <laughs> Whatever. Don't hate on my draft team. Look, you just I got a plan. I got I got a strategy going. I'm not gonna announce it on here, but I got this. All right, I got this. This is a fact from Danny Coast. Danny Cost. His is sneaky good. Like that actually Danny Cost. Honestly, Danny's Danny Cost is a low-key chance to win it. And but he didn't draft Emerald, so he's not going to. Only if you draft Emerald do you win. Um Yeah, so if you want to know how we drafted our fantasy, you can go check that out on Twitch Tuesdays, on that episode of Twitch Tuesdays, and then um, we will definitely find a way to to talk more fantasy, uh, Schmodown fantasy drafting inside of uh, Call Live after the matches, because this has always been a fun thing that we've done as a crew together. I loved that POV did theirs and that are, and that they're doing it. I love I thought that was so much fun to watch. It was great. So I know that there are a lot of people out there that enjoy doing these fantasy stuff. So hopefully we'll have a good time with it. Uh, Ross Bristow, um, <laughs> I, did a, cool. I did a fantasy draft with uh, with what the show, and I uh, I got Roca in the fourth round with the fourth pick in the fourth round. So uh, I, it was I feel like that's kind of become like an unspoken rule because nowhere was it actually said in any of the rules, but in the three fantasy teams that I'm a part of, that happened in every single one. Oh, <laughs> honey. Shout oh, out to John Roca. We love, we love John yeah. Roca. Um, yes. Speaking of feuds, we had a feud with John Roca for a little while there. That is my favorite feud. There we go. That that might be the best one ever. Um, but that's that's it, Danny. I think we've got through another episode of Call Live. Thank you to everyone who who joined us. Thank you to everyone who uh, super the super chat from from you know stream streamlabs. Anybody who's ever supported us. Yes, before we go, I'm super sorry. Weston Iroh did send us a super chat. Thank you so much, Weston, for that. Weston says, I want tacos now. Where's the hashtag blame PLD? Hashtag blame Jake merch. A hundred percent, Weston. I agree with you on all of those fronts. Give me tacos all the time. And we definitely should get a blame PLD shirt. There needs to be a hashtag uh, blame PLD. We did coin a new one, everybody. It's now uh, hashtag PL deal breaker. Because if PLD's there, then uh, Jake, we're trying to. I put them like, on. Look, they're on. I did it. We're doing I the thing, it. Jake. We're trying. I'm still Jake new to this. Um, really, but 
but I got it. <laughs> so big news as far as call live goes real quick guys. Um, so for the most part, it's, it's going to be me um, kind of hosting and then uh, with whoever uh, from the crew wants to be on Danny, obviously is open invitation again. She is the Josh McCougar to my Cody hall. Um, and uh, next week we actually have uh, Ben Campbell joining us. The, as I like to call him the Scottish inquisition with that, Beautiful, beautiful Scottish accent. Good God, our ears are going to be, you know, caressed by his beautiful Scottish accent. Um, but yeah, cannot wait to have you guys back again next Saturday. Shout out to everybody in the chat, man. You guys are so amazing. We love you guys. Yeah. Smash, smash that like button, you know, or dislike. If you don't like it, smash that too. Leave a comment though and tell us why you don't like it. All right, yeah. so we can improve. Or leave a comment and tell us why you did like it. Also, leave a comment in there and tell us your biggest feuds for the Turn It Up to Eleven show. So leave your comments uh, in the comment section for your favorite feuds or what you believe are the biggest feuds. That way they can. So this guy over here and the other guy that's over there can talk about it. On yeah, PLB <laughs> Danny, where can the folks find you? Y'all know me. It's your girl, Danny Joy. You can find me on Twitter at Danny Joy, D-A-N-I-E-E-J-O-Y. You can also find me here on the Call to Action Network every week, depending on the day. I don't know what day it is. We're going through a lot of changes, and I have not made up my mind on anything yet. So you can find me here hanging out with my favorite co-host, Mr. Paul Denuzio, on Chill to Action, along with some other big changes for that. Billy Belford will be a standing member of the Chill to Action crew going forward again. <laughs> Billy Belford will be a standing co-host on that. And again, uh, keeping Kelsey Kirkland on with that as well. Our sweet baby Kelsey producing everything in the background. So big shout out to the crew. Big shout out to everyone inside of the Call to Action crew. I love you all so much. You all have kept me completely. Completely sane. Alex, Dylan, Nat, Danny, Jarvi, Jake, Megs. I love you all so, so much. Uh, I can't even begin to say it. So that's it. That's where you can find me. Awesome. 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 Well, you can find me, as she said, uh, on Chill to Action. Uh, you can also find me Mon every other Monday for Turn It Up to 11 with P me and PLD. Uh, you're going to find me a lot here on Call Live, so get used to hating this face. Woo! Um, uh, but yeah, you can also find me on Twitter at Mr. Billy Belford. You can find Call to Action on Twitter at Call to Action. Um, you can also find join our Patreon.com slash Call to Action. Um, There's a lot of stuff that I have to apologize for for February, but don't worry, March will be coming in full swing, y'all. I promise the Patreon is going to make a big comeback. Hell in yeah. We got all kinds of fun things happening, you know, coming to the Patreon. Uh, we're back on Anchor, up to date. Danny Cost like Lost, killing it. Got that <laughs> back. Big shout out to Danny for that one. So you can find us wherever you have podcasts, so you can listen to our amazing voices. Well, Danny's amazing voice and my weird. Billy's got a Atlantic accent. Of the no, it's like Billy Joel on the piano keys. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's like Billy Bats on the piano keys. <laughs> <laughs> but that is it for us tonight, guys. We made it. Thank you so much for joining us. Check us out again next week. Here, right back here at Call to Action. We out, folks. <laughs> <laughs>